everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Floor General Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Zaucha, and I'm here today with my co-hosts, Trent Williams. Trent, how are you doing today? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Just kind of the same old thing uh, with the quarantine, but uh, I'm hanging in there, man. Glad to hear it. And I'm here with my other co-host, Hayden Brown. Hayden, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Same as Trent said, you know, just trying to find ways to pass the time. So here we are again. Well, thankfully, we have a great way to pass the time today. We're going to do a draft deep dive on Alabama point guard Kyra Lewis Jr. So a little bit of background on Kyra. Uh, He's a 6'3", 165-pound sophomore point guard. Uh, He's got a plus wingspan at 6'7". He played two seasons at the University of Alabama, where he averaged 19.6 points, 5.1 rebounds, 5.6 assists, 0.6 blocks, 1.9 steals per 40. So like I said, he's a sophomore, but he's extremely young for his class. Um, Last year, he was the youngest player to appear in a Division I game, and he'll be 19 years old at the time of the draft. So we might as well get right into it. How do you guys feel about Kyra Lewis Jr. on the offensive end of the floor? Um, Offensively, I think he really does have a lot to offer. Um, He has, you know, pretty good vision from what I've been able to see this season. Um, And I think where he really excels is kind of in that transition game, just with his speed. Um, He's really good at picking guys out uh, in the fast break and, you know, getting to his pull-up jumper or even taking it all the way to the rim. I'm I'm really impressed with this pull-up jumper. That's something that a lot of the elite guards in the league seem to have, and he's one of the few guys in this class that does have a reliable pull-up jumper. So I'm really intrigued by that as well. Yeah, definitely the first thing that sticks out to me is obviously, like you said, just the ridiculous speed and change of pace. Kyra is like a flash of light down the court, especially in transition. But for a guard that's so fast, like you said, he does show the ability to stop on a dime and get to his pull-up. And he shoots a pretty solid three-point percentage, and he's a pretty solid free-throw shooter. Uh, Shot 37% from three and 80% from the line. So I think the shooting outlook is pretty good. Also, I have to note that his uh, finishing around the rim, although it could be uh, spotty at times, shows a lot of versatility. He's got pretty comfortable with with both hands. Uh, He's very much fond of the reverse and up and under style of layups. But I think when he uh, has a full head of steam, he's he's pretty hard to catch. And he makes a lot of relatively quick players look completely statuesque when they're moving laterally as well. So very dangerous on that when he's either grabbing the ball and going or, or cutting down uh, in transition as well. Uh, very lethal cutter and drive. Definitely. He has great touch around the rim. And he's really, like, acrobatic in the air almost. It, it's pretty awesome to watch. And then we talked about, one, his pull-up jumper. But not just that. Um, it looks like he was uh, rated in the 85th percentile catch-and-shoot jumpers this year as well, which is actually another surprising trade. I, I really didn't think that he had the off-ball capabilities going into it. Um, but after watching... And then obviously looking at Synergy, uh, you could tell that he's could be a potential uh, lethal off-ball candidate as well. Yeah, I actually really like how he plays off the ball. I feel like he uses the threat of his speed really well in order to kind of disorient players uh, that are defending him. And I also think that he just generally relies on the probably the film tape on him is to not let him get any sort of speed because his first step is so quick and he uses that threat uh, really well um, to take off with his uh, three-point shot which is actually pretty proficient he hit two and a half out of 6.9 per 100 possessions at a 36.6 percent clip that's pretty good volume and the form looks good to me I think especially off the catch and his free throw percentage I think this was mentioned before is at 80 percent on six attempts per 100 as well 
um, which bodes very well as it translates to the NBA. Yeah, he played in an offense that was really fast-paced, kind of pro-style in the sense that it was all threes and layups, like a statistician's dream, basically. So because of that, we didn't really get to see him in the mid-range game at all. So at this point, I've kind of thought of him as a two-level scorer, but how do you guys feel about his ability to uh, get to his mid-range in the NBA and uh, diversify his offense to be a little bit more of a three-level scorer? Definitely. His mid-range is another key to his game. And more importantly, I've already mentioned it five times now, but his, his pull-up jumper, right? A lot of the players in this class besides, you know, maybe Cole Anthony, uh, I've seen a little bit of Killian Hayes, but not as much as I would like, have a reliable pull-up jumper. But we looked at the league, some of the elite guards, let's just say, you know, Kemba, Damian Lillard, uh, Harden, I don't know, just all of the elite guards pretty much seem to have a, uh, an elite pull-up jumper. And like you said, Point to Kira, he has he has a beautiful one. So I think that's something that's going to carry over to the league pretty much right away. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, so he's already got the crazy speed, both in transition and the dribble moves to make the take advantage of that speed in the half court. He's fierce attacking the rim, and he's a really talented and creative finisher who can adjust midair. So I think adding the mid-range is probably the next step for him. He could probably either add the mid-range. Synergy only had five possessions where Kyra took a mid-range jumper this year, which is pretty crazy. Not even enough to um, rank him <laughs> percentile-wise. But um, So I think he can either add the mid-range or kind of look to improve his ability to make those half-court reads as a passer. And either one of those is going to give him a great avenue to success as a scoring point guard at the NBA level. I think it's it's interesting the situation that Kyra is in here because this is his second year at Alabama in the Nate Oates offense, kind of taking the reins from Colin Sexton in the after the 2017-18 season. Um, and so we actually have a pretty extraordinarily large sample size to draw from for Kyra despite his age. Um, he's only going to be a little bit over 19 years old at the time of the draft, which is in line with all these others, but two years in college, that's a pretty unique advantage. We actually can see where he's made improvements from year to year and where he has not in that sort of regard. And we also have a direct precursor who has admittedly, uh, to my chagrin, because I did not uh, foresee this coming back in 2018, Colin Sexton has made the leap as an NBA scorer. He averaged an efficient 20 points per game this past year on a pretty miserable Cleveland team. Whether or not that's useful on a different team is uh, probably another discussion, but the point remains that he has improved uh, a lot of things and been able to carry over his ridiculous foul rate, and it's been helping him at the NBA level. And when you compare the two, and you also compare Kyra as he's made improvements, you can see that the shooting has improved. You can see that the vision has improved. The ball handling has improved. The one thing that has not improved and is a direct correlation with some things that are kind of outside of the realm of basketball skill and more into the physique side is that his free throw rate is very, I'd say, paltry compared to Sexton previously. And granted, Sexton was was quite advanced in this uh, when he was playing at Alabama, almost a 55% free throw rate on his shots, which is pretty ridiculous for a point guard, but he was a very strong player and had decent size as well. I do think that Kyra has a bit of, I would, I would just a little bit worried about the build. 165 pounds is not even a number that comes to mind when you think of NBA size at all. Um, that's on probably the, the bottom five percentile of weight in the last 10 years of NBA prospects. Um, I've, I'm definitely a little bit concerned about how that can translate because uh, that is the one thing that he was not able to meaningfully improve from uh, his year one to year two at Alabama. 
And I think that that's a pretty strong point of contention for his ability to translate to the NBA as a scorer. So Trent, how do you think, how do you think Kyra Lewis Jr. will handle the transition to the NBA from a physicality standpoint? Are you guys talking about how he's going to be as a scorer? I think sky's pretty much the limit for him. Um, as you guys talked about the speed, as you guys talked about the shot, but he's also very crafty in the pick and roll as well. Um, I think he was in the 93rd percentile uh, with, you know, possessions plus assists. So that's the side of his game that I think can really take another step up. I don't know if they need to run more half-court plays for him because you guys saw watching Alabama, that's one of the most fast-paced teams in all of college basketball. They're up and down. They're not really, you know, sticking in the half-court set. Uh, it's kind of one-two and go. Maybe in the NBA where it's a little bit more slow down sometimes, he can, you know, get to that pick-and-roll game a little bit more. Yeah, I think he will have a chance to get to the pick and roll game and kind of see plays develop before him a little more. I mean, obviously the pace of the game in the, in the NBA is still really fast, but he's going to be running a lot more half-court sets than he did at Alabama, I would I would think. His, his half-court reads were pretty simple. Uh, a lot of times it was just, you know, drive and kick out to a shooter. And so that is something I'd definitely like to see more from him. But Hayden, I totally agree with the point you made about his low free throw rate, and that's a concern of mine as well. So... Per college basketball reference, uh, Kyra had a free throw rate of 0.292, which is, you know, pretty low for a guy who attacks the rim as much as Kyra does. And obviously, in combination with that slender frame at only only 165 pounds, I think he will have some difficulty adjusting to the physicality of the league when it comes to attacking the rim in half court. And I wonder if that'll deter his ability to make a difference on that end of the court early. Trent, would you agree with that? Or do you think that Kyra's going to fit in pretty well attacking the basket, even though he didn't show the ability to get to the line quite so much in college? And that's kind of like my one thing with Kyra. Uh, a couple of months ago when I really started, you know, taking this guy in, he was a lot lower on people's list than, you know, I really thought people had him in the second round maybe uh, super late first. And I was kind of like, no way. But now I'm seeing people have him in that, you know, top 10, top, sometimes even five uh, area. And I just think no way because of his frame. You know, he is only 165 pounds. And uh, unless he's really able to bulk up, which, you know, really, really bulk up, I don't know how much he's going to be able to impact. Can he be a starting guard? Uh, his defense was pretty good at the college level. But I think he's just going to get physically imposed on uh, in the NBA. And that, that's kind of why I'm not really sure how high I can cap his ceiling because, you know, NBA is such a physical game. Yeah, and if he does struggle to get to the line, I think that's going to inhibit his ability to be efficient on that side of the floor because a lot of times, I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well or if you'd agree with this, but a lot of times he'll, he'll beat his man off the dribble, he'll get downhill, um, and he'll attack the basket kind of without a plan. A lot of times he takes these these long kind of winding routes to the basket instead of utilizing his straight line speed to put his man on skates. And a lot of times he'll get stuck in air if he attacks the basket but realizes he doesn't really have a chance to convert. And he'll get stuck in the air and throw these kind of Derrick Rose reminiscent jump passes that result in some turnovers that probably just don't need to happen. That's probably something that could be coached out. I'd lean towards that. But do you guys think that that could, that could be something that plays out at the NBA level? I, th I think in regards to what you were saying about these sort of longer pass to the rim in transition, I think that's directly correlated with the fact that he is of a frailer frame than I think many guards with his sort of usage and role are. It's just difficult to kind of muscle your way through when you're that size. 
And although he does have good length and he's, I mean, six threes is, is perfectly fine for a point guard. I do think that that's directly correlated with what we were speaking about before. And I, I also do agree that I think that the coaching decisions could iron out those sort of errant drives without a plan and, and those very strange uh, jump passes as well. Westbrook also used to do those a lot early on in his career. The turnovers were, were relatively high, but I actually attribute that mostly to the offense. I think that that is just kind of a concession that you'll have to make. A lot of the efficient threes and layups focus offenses of the last five years were among the league leaders in turnovers just because of the pace and Kyra having the ball in his hands. I think that's just kind of how, how it shook out in terms of who was attributed the blame for those turnovers. I do think that that's something that can be changed in a slower offense uh, pretty, pretty straightforwardly. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would say that turnovers are probably something that, I mean, obviously rookie point guards have a struggle adjusting to the NBA anyways and tend to turn the ball over a lot. But I don't think Kyra is going to struggle with that any more than any of the other rookie point guards in this class. He is a pretty solid passer, especially like with his left hand. His 1.49 assist-to-turnover ratio is decent, especially, like you said, in an offense that runs at the pace that the Alabama offense does. But I'd like to see him kind of make live dribble passes with his right hand more. And you never kind of really see him making advanced reads, although that could also be something that's scheme-dependent, since a lot of the time it was get downhill, kick out to a shooter, and get down to the other end of the court if you don't get the rebound. Yeah, that's the thing. With Kyra, I feel like he just, it's all him and it's all his speed. Like, I don't know if he's the craziest dribbler. I don't know if he's the craziest passer, but he does such a good job leveraging his speed, as Hayden talked about earlier, uh, whether it's to get another man open or it's to get himself open. And a little bit of that will come down in the league. Like I said, there's more athletic guys. And so I'm, I need to see a little bit of something else before I can confidently say he he's ready to, you know, just take over the reins and be a top, you know, 15 selection or something like that. And I feel like, I feel like you... Uh, you also have like sort of a comparison in, in the roles that, that he has. Sexton comes to mind, obviously, because of the Alabama connection. Players like Dennis Smith Jr. in recent memory, Aaron Holiday all come to mind as well. Um, and these these players, depending on the skill set and especially the physical attributes, can be extremely highly sought after candidates, even with similar problems as the ones that we've been discussing. But you, you look at the uh, the difference between them and um, it mostly comes down to that that strength factor. I think that if you if you were to just take the Kyra Lewis that we that we know right now and add probably thirty pounds, you're you're talking about somebody who's in discussions for like a top seven or so pick, probably relatively commonly. And the way the one that we have now right in front of us, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like as like Zach Levine frame. We watch Bulls basketball all the time. He came into the league at 180 pounds and he is, I mean, after six years, he's now finally 200, you know, like, and that's, that's a frail frame that and he had difficulty putting on weight. Um, if, if Kyra was to put on the same amount of weight as Levine did in the NBA, he'd be at 184 pounds, which is still underweight. Um, you have to wonder uh, how long uh, it is assumed that he will have to build this up at the NBA level before he is kind of given that responsibility um, for a team's offense, whether that's a second unit or maybe even as a spotting uh, starting guard, depending on the team. Um, you, I, I would imagine that despite the fact that he has more experience running a team than a lot of 
players that are going to be drafted. You, you'd have to say that he's actually more of a project, mostly because of those limitations, which is a shame. Yeah, I do think he'll slot in and play solid minutes at the NBA level um, straight off the bat as kind of like a bench spark plug scorer, at least. You know, like he's so good attacking the rim. Like he's so crafty um, with his finishing and his midair adjustments. And he has shown the propensity to hit that pull-up three, hit that spot-up three, and a little bit of off-ball movement as well. So you can use him in a variety of ways, which I feel like helps his case in terms of his his transition. But yeah, I mean, you saw what, like you said, adding that weight did for Zach Levine, like especially last year when the free throw rate ticked up and, you know, he's getting to the line nine, ten times a game, what that did for his scoring efficiency. Hopefully Kyra can do something like that too, but... Yeah, given just his frame and kind of his slender build, like it's not even just his weight, just like the the way the frame looks does not feel like it can support a whole lot of weight. And honestly, he might lose some of that speed advantage if he does put on a ton of muscle. So it's kind of a biomechanical question mark for me. Definitely, definitely. And and another thing that I wanted to talk about, we talked about, you know, his scoring potential and all that, but how do you guys feel about his overall creation like as far as isolation situations I don't know if he was all that good he, he couldn't really shake his defender that much if he's not getting off of his quick first step it's kind of a lost cause and I, I saw that multiple times this year yeah for me it, it comes down to a feel thing you know like he hasn't been doing it for that long and he definitely did come on a little stronger at the end of the year so that gives me some optimism for sure but he, he doesn't really make the advanced reads like he doesn't really throw those skip passes a lot or throw like Crafty little bounce entry passes. He's definitely a little bit left-hand dominant, although he's not killing Hayes. So I think he can probably figure that out. But yeah, as a pick-and-roll playmaker, I'm not like super high on him really. Yeah, and it's he's not making advanced reads, but he's making the right one, if that makes sense. Like I feel like he's a very high IQ player. He's not going to, you know, come out here and just ruin the game. He's going to make the right read. Um, and that's definitely something that you want to have. You want to have smart basketball players. And I think Kyra Lewis is that, uh, especially as, you know, Hayden's been touching on having played a full year of D1 basketball compared to pretty much all the other recruits in his class that are the same age as him, right? Because like you guys said, youngest player to ever play Division One basketball, right? Yeah. So he does have a little more seasoning for a guy that's going to be 19 years old at the time of the draft. And the trajectory has been generally upward, so I think he he has a chance to be a solid pick-and-roll playmaker, but it's never going to be his strength. He, he's always going to be kind of a score-first score, score first type of point guard, and that's okay. You know, the league needs it, especially everybody needs, like, a spark plug scorer off the bench. So I think he'll have an NBA role for sure. That actually kind of brings me to an interesting question I wanted to get you guys' feedback on. So in terms of attacking the rim, you know, putting pressure on the rim in the half-court offense, who do you guys think is better? Tyrese Maxey or Kyra Lewis Jr. Because they both have flaws. Like Maxey doesn't really have the burst to beat his man, but he has the strength and that same midair creativity to convert through the trees. Whereas Kyra Lewis Jr. obviously has the burst, the shake, and the propensity to combine his dribble moves to beat his guy, but he doesn't draw free throws at the same rate and doesn't have the strength to kind of deal with those those stronger bigs. This is a very good question because they kind of both have, while Maxi is a little bit, a lot of bit stronger than Kyra, he doesn't have the same burst, right? But what these guys are both lacking is they're both somewhat, you know, small, like Tyrese Maxey's short, uh, but he does have that 6'6 wingspan. And then Kyra, on the other hand, he's short, slender. Um, but I would have to go with probably Maxi on this one. He, he just seems like he's so much more underneath the rim and he can get to either side with ease. 
Um, I'm a little bit more confident in uh, Kira Lewis's jumper and shooting, but as far as finishing, I'm definitely going to have to go Maxi. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree with what, what Trent was saying, um, comparing the two. I think if you're strictly talking about finishing at the rim, I think there are more cases where you have a player that's not elite elite quick, but is still able to get past slower defenders and then finish through contact at the NBA level, then you have sort of these like speedy quicksters that jump in and uh, are able to kind of beat everybody. NBA defenses are, are very good and a lot of them played drop coverage and such. So I feel if, unless you are a, among the best players in the league, like a, like a, a Westbrook or a, you know, 2017 John Wall or a, 2012 Derrick Rose or something like that I, I think it's difficult to rely on that and that alone um, to to kind of be that that rim attacker um, consistently at the NBA level but I do agree that I think that uh, Kyra makes up for it um, with his ability to kind of just just pop and shoot um, I think he's a little bit more comfortable than that with than Maxi is yeah I would definitely agree with what both of you said I think Kyra's pull-up definitely helps him and I think I trust Maxi more attacking the rim like you said the strength I think that's all I have on offense. Did you guys have any other points you wanted to touch on in terms of Kyrie Lewis Jr.'s offensive game? No, that pretty much does it. A little bit of a better passer than I would say most people think. Not an advanced read maker, but like I said, just a smart, knows the right pass to make. His shot creation upside, we pretty much talked about that. Uh, but I would love to get into, you know, what do you guys think his defensive potential is uh, at the NBA? So I think that's a great question because a lot of it boils down to how many positions do you think he can defend? I've seen a lot of draft nicks say that he's a two-position defender. I personally don't agree with that. I think he'll only ever be a one-position defender, only guarding other point guards, just due to, like I said, that small frame like we've been talking about um, and his general overall weakness. But he's quick. I mean, he recovers really well if he ever gets beat. He's laterally quick, too, so he stays with guys. He's pretty good in the passing lanes, which I thought was a nice surprise. Definitely takes advantage of um, lazy swing passes and stuff like that. And obviously, once he's got that steal, he's going to just slam on the gas and convert at the other end with ease. So his defensive outlook is a lot better than you would think for a, a small point guard. Definitely, definitely. Honestly, I think he's, you know, a really good defender, but it just comes down to that size. You know, um, his speed allows him to keep everything in front of him. Um, he's good at rotating. Uh, he's not the best at closing out, you know, sometimes he's a little bit lazy with his hands, but, you know, he's still good. Um, I think this all kind of depends on whether or not he's able to add that 20 or 30 pounds like Hayden talked about to determine how good of a defender he can be. You know, he does everything he's supposed to, but at the end of the day, if you don't have that size, you're just going to get dominated physically. Yeah, I think the, the the real separator between him and like other sort of like skinnier I keep I keep thinking back to Levine in terms of in terms of that sort of thing is that Levine was also just a dreadful off ball defender. Like when he was coming out of UCLA and for the first five, arguably all six of his NBA seasons as well. And I think Kyra is, is much more comfortable in that way. I mean, it doesn't really seem like he is having difficulty keeping his eye off the ball when he's defending um and i think generally that bodes well because it's going to increase his, his playability odds are at this point i mean we're not going to we we'll get into this a little bit more later odds are he's going to be drafted to a team that's on the bubble of making the playoffs or is currently already a playoff team or has made playoffs relatively recently so in, in that way i could see him providing spot minutes uh, earlier than i would anticipate for a team with higher immediate like short-term standards of basketball play simply because his 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 ball iq seems to be 
is seems to be pretty decent. I do agree with Evan that it seems that at the moment he's a one position defender and I think it's going to be a while before that really changes but if he just ends up being a nightmare in the passing lanes and is able to kind of play that sort of push up blitzing kind of play off the bench like maybe they switch the scheme up for to to play to his strengths I could see it not being a huge detriment to his ability to contribute which I think is important for younger guards. I think there's a lot of guards who at this age were significantly worse off going into the NBA level than Kyra. Yeah, and if if I were to compare him to somebody, you know, defensively that I I would like to see him be like, it would almost be like our own player, Kobe White, right? Where he's not the greatest defensive player, but he's there. He's doing what he's supposed to. He's in the right spot. You're not like, oh my God, what are you doing, man? Like, come on, not. He knows where he's supposed to be. And like you said, it really all just comes down to if he's going to be able to put on that weight um, and match up physically with some of these guys. Yeah, there's there's a lot of point guards who are like physically overpowering as well. Like, I mean, it's not really in vogue as much as it used to be, but around like 2016, 17, it wasn't uncommon for like John Ball and Russell Westbrook to just like post up guards like in in the mid range. So I'm not sure if that's necessarily ever going to really come back in a in a major way but i could see him being kind of like especially as a rookie somebody that larger guards will call for the ball on when he's when he's guarding them because i don't see that this is something that is going to be solved very quickly <laughs> so far i do think he's going to get out muscled but i do like the comparison trent that you made to kobe white and one thing kobe does that i think kyra can do a better job of Kyra has better tools, right? Like he's he's got crazy wingspan compared to Kobe. Kobe's got a, a pretty standard average wingspan for his height. I think it's 6'5 for a 6'5 height, which is sort of odd. Yeah, so Kyra actually is up there. Yep, and Kyra's got a 6'7 wingspan for a 6'3 guard. So he's definitely going to make himself more useful off ball, I think, if he can channel that attention. Um, he's not going to play himself off the court. But like Kobe, like Kobe does, I think I'd like to see Kyra Lewis kind of make himself more of a pest on ball. You know, kind of like get his hands in there, be active with his hands, kind of try to strip guys, be annoying, you know, like he he can be kind of passive sometimes. And just because your man's not getting by you doesn't mean you're doing everything you can on the defensive possession. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, and I think a lot of his defensive, like he just didn't seem as engaged defensively as he was offensively. And maybe that's because he was bearing such a, you know, big load, you know, really being the true engine for the Alabama offense. It's so fast paced. And maybe we'll see, you know, this is this is an interesting question to think about. You know, I think Kira Lewis's NBA potential is directly tied into where he gets drafted, because if if he does end up going in the earlier lottery or, you know, mid to late lottery, I don't know if I'm really going to put all my chips in on Kira Lewis. But if he gets drafted to one of these later teams like the Sixers, the Bucks. You know, I'm going to put all my chips in because I think he's going to be able to really thrive and not, you know, not somewhere where he's forced to be the man right away, somewhere where he's able to come in, uh, kind of learn the ropes a little bit, but also still have the time to be able to make an impact on the floor. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great transition into um, what we think his NBA role might look like, especially early on. Uh, what do you guys think Kyra is going to going to be, you know, starting off as a rookie? And where do you think he can take his talents um, later on in his career? So, yeah, as far as uh, his NBA role, I really think he's kind of just going to be what we saw of Kobe White this year, a little bit of a change of pace explosion off the bench. But, you know, maybe within his second year, third year, then we'll start to see a little bit more of a starting guard. I think that eventually is going to be what Kyra Lewis is. I don't know how long it's going to take. And I think it really hinges on uh, how fast he's able to, uh, you know, physically develop. 
Yeah, I'm also not sure how long it's going to take. I do think that there's a chance that he is a starting caliber point guard. I think that he's of the mold where it's not necessarily that he's if I think if he is a starting point guard unless he's playing alongside some like amazing all NBA level players um from 2 to 5, I don't foresee him being like the engine of like a super good like 50 win team unless there's like pretty dramatic improvements to his like overall uh game in terms of running the offense but again like Nate Oates' offense at Alabama might have shadowed his ability there so if that's completely wrong I accept responsibility for that statement um I think early on uh yeah I do think that the Kobe White role makes sense but I think it's also worth noting that Kobe was able to slot in at the one and the two so I don't think that that position is necessarily going to be available for him I also think that defensively his inability to guard NBA twos unless they're on the much smaller end like the, the the Beals and the Donovan Mitchells of the of the world, I am less confident that he's going to be able to make an impact right away. There's also the problem of, like we said earlier, like he's probably going to get drafted to a team that's pretty good and likely already has their guard rotation figured out. So it might be a while before he's really able to kind of earn that playing time and kind of get like a longer leash. So my gut instinct is that he's going to be drafted like maybe the back end of the lottery or like maybe in those teen picks somewhere and I, I think if he does end up there I do find both Orlando and Denver both really interesting positions for different reasons I think Kyra obviously I mean Orlando could take any guard in the world at this point I mean Fultz is doing a good job but he also doesn't help them in terms of providing more shooting power he's a strictly non-shooter point guard and Orlando's already starved for any kind of offense there. And I think that if he is going to come off the bench, I feel like he provides the greatest change of play style to Denver who um, with Harris and Murray, like Murray's a, a pretty is, is a good player in his own right, but I don't think that he even close has the sort of physical capabilities that, that Kyra does. And their other option, Monte Morris is also much more on the headier end of the point guard spectrum i think they could really use a player like kyra yeah so i think we're all on the same page here we all kind of see kyra as kind of a spark plug off the bench six-man type scorer to begin with with maybe a ceiling as a good starting point guard on like a bottom half team i think he has all the tools to be a high usage primary creator given his speed shake ability to combine dribble moves to beat his man but he'll need to improve his passing decision-making and consistently hit those jumpers to maximize that that skill set. His lack of advanced feel may limit his ability to make the most of his athletic talent early on, but hopefully he can either make better reads in the pick and roll or add the weight to be able to get to the free throw line more, and that will improve his efficiency on the offensive end. But that brings us perfectly into NBA fits. Where do you guys think that Cairo would be a good fit starting off in the NBA? Just right off the bat, off the cuff, I think that Orlando makes a decent bit of sense. Tankathon currently has them mocked to pick up Maxi. I think if he's available there, Maxi probably goes first. That being said, Orlando is pretty offensively anemic, and more importantly, they don't have a point guard archetype in the vein of Kyra. They have DJ Augustine, and they have Markel Fultz, and they both provide uh, different things to the team. Uh, Markel is, is an impactful defender, playmaker, and finisher at the rim. Um, and he's also just a big guard, so that, that size helps him a lot. DJ being a smaller, quicker, three-heavy sort of spark plug off the bench is also helpful, but they don't really have somebody in the vein of Cairo who can just kind of 
use that straight line speed to their advantage, set up other guys off the bench. I think he could really improve their, their prospects going forward just to have another competent guard to kind of help shoulder the burden of their already pretty dry offense. I think he could uh, offer them quite a lot. That's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, I think another place where he might make some sense, and it's kind of on the lower end of his range of outcomes in terms of where he might fall in the first round, but I could see him making some sense in Philly as kind of a secondary playmaker or a primary playmaker off the bench. I think that's kind of why they acquired Alec Burks this season. And as we all saw, they didn't really use him that much. So I think they're still looking for somebody like that. Although obviously they're in win now mode. So they're probably kind of looking for more veteran guys to run those sets. But another place that I thought was interesting was Miami. Goran Dragic will be a free agent this summer. And so they're going to be looking for another guy who can kind of play with the first unit and score off the bench or run the second unit when the starters are getting some rest. What do you guys think about Kyra's fit in Miami? Yeah, definitely. Orlando is such a good defensive team, but where have they struggled pretty much all season? Offense, right? And I think Kira does a very good job of giving them a little bit of a spark on the offensive side of the ball. I think importantly, there's two things that are really interesting for the Miami fit. One is that their strength and conditioning program is super advanced. Uh, They really like their guys to be in shape and strong. Um, And it's something that is culturally reinforced by the players. Um, Bam has bulked up significantly there. Jimmy was already that kind of guy, but he kind of sets the tone in the locker room for that sort of thing. Um, And you can already see the gains in physique made by Tyler Hero this year um, and Kendrick Nunn previously as well. I think the other important thing is that Nunn and Hero are clearly um, important players for the Heat going forward. They also have Duncan Robinson, and all three of those guys can play alongside Kyra, hypothetically, if Kyra was going to be there at the one. So I think that's actually a very interesting fit. If, If they do end up letting Dragic go, I think it's been rumored that he's going to be sought after by a number of those fringy playoff teams. I think Detroit was was one of them. Um, it would be interesting to see uh, if Kyra and Duncan Robinson could be that kind of combo off the bench, and then eventually maybe he's able to overtake none um, at that starting point guard position. Um, I love the idea of Kyra Lewis Jr. going to the Heat. Uh, like you said, he pretty much fills Goran Dragic's role almost immediately. And then he has upside for more going down the line, whether you want to measure primary point guard uh, or whatever the case may be. They have a you know cluster of young guys there um, that'll be all pretty much in their primes around the same time, you know, with Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and those guys. And I think Carrot, you know, slides in greatly with all of them. Yeah, I think Miami's probably going to move on from Goran Dragic just because they're probably going to try to keep the books as clean as they can for a push for impact free agents in 2021. So it would be nice for them to get another initiator off the bench. And what's nice about Kyra is he needs secondary playmakers that are going to be able to help him out in the half court while he figures out those pick and roll reads. So having guys like Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero that can kind of do a little bit of secondary creation will really help him early on and really ease his transition into the league. And and they have Butler and Iguodala too, like the and and Bam as well. Like their entire team is filled with amazing passers. So I think that there's there's a, a lot to be said about what could be done there. And a lot of those strong wing guys like Jay Crowder or Jimmy, like you said, can kind of help cover for him too on defense if, you know, he does get out-muscled a little bit. Definitely. I mean, if you have a guy that's a little bit smaller, you know, might get a little bit physically dominated, what's better than having uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to back you up and uh, have your back, right? I mean, it just sounds like a match made in heaven. While we're dreaming here, I also want to shout out quickly that I think that the Bucks could also really use him at 19 as well. They are... 
a team that is pretty deft of, of young talent, especially at the guard position. They have Dante, and that's pretty much it in terms of future guard prospects. George Hill has obviously been one of the best backup guards in the league, and they have Eric Bledsoe, who's like a top half of the league point guard. So there's nothing to be said about there, there being a hole right now. They were on pace to win like 70 games anyway. But I do think that that is an interesting long-term kind of role. I think that he could really learn a lot in terms of how to create efficient offense. I mean, just being in the in the coach bud system would be interesting. And also just learning to play defense from Eric Bledsoe, I think is an immensely important tool as well. So I think that could be cool as well. And he may even get some minutes as kind of like a spot up off ball point guard potentially even in the playoffs you know it you, we could see that the bucks really needed that they were playing george hill minutes over eric bledsoe because bledsoe's shot just wasn't falling so you know maybe kyra's spot up ability would be helpful there yeah if bledsoe has continued to kind of not really be that impact playoff performer then and they have to rely on hill more i mean it'd be nice to have a third option to also be able to create some off the bench and i think it's fit with dante in terms of that like younger backcourt is also pretty strong because Dante is just a really tremendous off-ball player on both ends of the court. So I could see a lot happening there. Yeah, I do like that fit. I think that's definitely kind of the lowest he'll fall. So definitely, obviously not going to see him sliding outside the first round. But I would say I do think his fit is a little better with Orlando and Miami. Yeah, no, no disagreements here. Perfect. Well, if you guys don't have any other uh, topics you wanted to touch on in terms of Kyra, I think we're good to get out of here. There's just one more thing I wanted to add here. Like, where do you guys have him ranked among the other guards in this class? Like, obviously, guys like LaMelo and Killian Hayes top. But, you know, is Kira Lewis that third or fourth guard? Like, is he better than Maxi? Where do you guys have him? I think that's a good question. And I think it's really important for projecting this draft because of that those middle-of-the-pack point guard prospects, what do you value? Personally, I have Kyra Lewis below Maxi and below Tyrese Halliburton, but I could switch him with Halliburton kind of depending on the team that's on the clock. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think Halliburton's a little bit better than him just for, you know, the defensive versatility that he's able to provide. And then Tyrese Maxi, you know, same thing. He, he's a little bit more defensive minded and he won't get ran over as easily as I feel Kyra Lewis will. But, you know, projecting him against other people that are kind of of the same cloth, right? Maybe like a Cole Anthony. I think he's a lot better than Cole Anthony just because of the basketball IQ side of things. Um, he seems a little bit, you know, more willing to give up the ball, right? Do you guys think he's a little bit better than Cole Anthony? I think at this point in time, I would probably still take Cole over him if I was to pick between the two. Um, I, I do see the arguments for Kyra being... Um, maybe uh, his his college resume certainly is more impressive if you were to look at it in that regard. Um, and the expectation factor, I think, is also an important play here. Cole was anticipated to be the number one overall picker close to it um, going into the year, and his stock has only fallen. Um, but I do think there is something to be said about Cole potentially having immense shooting potential. And then there's the, the prior um, experience of just being like a plus ball handler as well. So I think I would trust the, the film before the season a little bit more into determining that particular matchup between the two. Um, but I also think I have Cole a little bit higher than other folks. I think I would take him over the Halliburton and Maxis of the, of the world as well. But I definitely can understand the exchanges that you were talking about before. Um, I think him versus Halliburton is sort of up in the air. Halliburton has some pretty serious half-court deficiencies, um, but he is less likely to um, be bowled over physically. Um, even though he also possesses that sort of similar uh, thin frame, 
he just has wider shoulders. He's a lot taller. So I, I could see him uh, fitting in a little bit more easily right away. I think I would agree with that. I think I would also still take Cole Anthony ahead of Kyra. Um, it's a tough call for sure because Cole had a pretty rough season, but I'm not willing to put too many strikes against him given that UNC spacing. And obviously, you know, what he showed before college was pretty insane. Um, he was pretty highly rated. And just the value of the his potential to be a, an elite pull-up threat, it's just, it's just too valuable for me in this draft to take take uh, Kyra over him yeah completely understand I just kind of wanted to gauge your guys' opinion on where you guys have him ranked you know within the top end of the point guards in this class but yeah that, that pretty much wraps it up for me uh, I think there's a lot of good information on Kyra great six-man scoring guard uh, with potential to be a starter down the line yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how he makes the transition to the NBA I'm pretty hopeful that he'll have a solid NBA career at least as a bench scorer so pretty fun prospect to watch too all things considered yeah, honestly, just Alabama in general is just such a crazy team to watch this year. Uh, just how fast they were able to play and some of the defensive prospects as well, like Herb Jones. Uh, it was definitely a true. Definitely. So before we get out of here, do you guys have anything you want to plug? We can plug all of our accounts here. So we're the Floor General Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at Floor General Pod. Uh, my name is Hayden. You can catch me at HB underscore Robo. That's R-O-B-O. Evan uh, is at, at easy underscore hoops and Trent is at bball eval. So feel, feel free to check us out on Twitter and you can catch our podcast here on all the usual platforms. Awesome. Yeah. If you guys liked what you heard, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Pods, Stitcher, whatever your podcast platform of preference is. Uh, with that said, um, we'll get out of here and we'll be coming at you with a new episode soon. Take care, everyone. Catch you later.